You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome back to A Bigger Life. We're going to look again at Psalm 25, the parts that we didn't read yesterday. Well, we're going to do a little both. I'm going to look at a verse or two that we read yesterday, and then we're going to spend time talking about a theme in this psalm that we didn't touch on yesterday, and that is the theme of sin and the theme of confession of sin, the theme of praying for God to forgive us of our sin and the kind of psalms that do that. And Psalm 25 is one of those. So we're going to we're going to do that today, and I'm sure that I'm the only one here that needs to confess sin and talk to God about my sin, so I appreciate you all indulging me and going on this journey with me, even though that you don't have that need yourself. And of course, I'm kidding. The reason why these Psalms are in the Bible, written by the Holy Spirit, is because God knows that we always will have the reality of our sin As we come before God and grow in our relationship with God, Jesus built it right in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, forgive us of our transgressions. So I find a comfort in that. When the Holy Spirit writes prayers that have been prayed by God's people for thousands of years, and he puts in those prayers the need to confess sin and admit sin and ask for forgiveness of sin, that shows me that none of my sins are a surprise to him. None of my sins have have taken him off guard. He knew about all of them when he saved me and loved me and gave me the scriptures. And so I find a tremendous comfort in that. And it invites me, it makes me motivated to want to come before God with my sin instead of trying to hide from God as if I don't have sin, which is not living a life of integrity or honesty. And it's actually stupid because God knows my sins more than I know my sins. So remember verses one and two yesterday, David, in this 3,000-year-old prayer, is praying to God, the same God that you and I are praying to today. We're praying to this same being, this same God, the one who created the entire universe and who created us, who's the Lord of heaven and earth. We're praying to him, and he's the same one that David prayed to 3,000 years ago. There's nothing different about God. He's still the same being, and we're coming before God with the same confidence, the same need, the same sense of need to have him work in our lives that David had 3,000 years ago. To you, O Lord, to you, Yahweh, to you, the I Am, the one who has created everything, the source of all existence, the giver of all life, the one who is always infinitely in our present tense, the I Am. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Remember we said yesterday, or the other episode, the last episode, that the Hebrew concept of soul is not our just our spirit. It's our whole being, our whole life. So I lift up my whole life to you. I lift up my whole being to you. I entrust my life to you. Oh my God, in you I trust. You're my God. You're my security. You're my salvation, my significance. These are all the things that David prayed in the first part. The second part, he gets into the idea of confession. The idea of the reality of sin. And I I think specifically what we need to get from this is the need for us to own up to our sin. The need for us to, to admit it, to own up to it, to see it for what it is, to bring it before God, to be honest about it. 
that's what the Psalms model for us. That's what David in particular, he was a man who knew sin. He had committed adultery. He committed murder. He was a violent man. And yet we also know that he was a man that had an exceptional heart for God. How does the same person have a heart for God and yet also commit such blatant transgressions? Well, that was King David, and I think that's me, and I think that's you, if we're honest and we own up to it. So we can be honest and we can own up to it. David is our example. Again, written by the Holy Spirit, these prayers are our example. And that includes coming to God with our sin. So verse 6, Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. What David is praying here is that my relationship with you depends upon you forgiving me all of my sins, the sins of my past, the transgressions of my present. It depends upon you being a God of mercy. It depends upon you being a God of steadfast love for me. It depends upon you being a God who remembers me. According to your steadfast love, he says, remember me, the real me, the me that you died to save and rose from the dead to give new life to the real me that will be restored in the kingdom of heaven in the future, that real me that you wanted to exist in your universe, that real me without sin, that real me that's being restored and renewed in Christ and will be fully restored and renewed in the image of God one day. That's the real me. And God sees that real me now. I see it by faith. God sees it because he is outside of time. I don't understand that. But God sees the real me now. And so David is saying, according to your steadfast love for the real me, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my transgressions. Remember your mercy. I depend upon your mercy. I depend upon your steadfast love. I depend upon your goodness, O Lord. Otherwise, I've got no hope. Verse 10 All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. Now, this is going to be hard for us, right? Because all of us break his covenant and his testimonies often. So now, is there any hope for us to have the steadfast love and faithfulness of God? And I think what we have to do is read this kind of verse with the rest of the Bible in mind, that Christ is the only one. As the end of the story goes, Christ ends up being the only one who is faithful to God's covenant and his testimonies. And so in Christ, he represents us, and we are therefore faithful to his covenant and his testimonies in Christ. And so Christ kept the covenant, Christ kept the testimonies of God, and so my allegiance to him is that he is the one through whom I keep the covenant and testimonies. And so all of God's paths for me, I think of Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the body. I live by faith, by trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so all the paths of the Lord for me in Christ, Christ in me, all the paths of the Lord, all the will of God for me, all the commandments of God for me, all the the life that God has for me, our steadfast love and faithfulness. Verse 11, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. I love that phrase, even though it's not a great thing that David saw his sin as weighty, as heavy. 
great, not in the good sense, but great in the amount sense, the volume of his sins, the weight of his sins is, is heavy. Pardon my guilt for your namesake, Yahweh, for your purpose, for your goodness, for your steadfast love and faithfulness and your plan for my life and the reason why you wanted me to exist in your universe and your plans for me and your kingdom forever when I'm restored by the resurrection of Jesus, when I break through the other side of death just like Jesus did and I'm restored by our resurrection on a restored earth, that me, pardon my guilt for it is great, but for your name's sake, O Lord, Wipe it from my record. Wipe it from who I am. That I would be cleansed from it. Verse 16, turn to me and be gracious to me. Turn to the real me and be gracious to me. Verse 18, consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. This is what we pray. This is what we come before God with. We own up to all our sins, the weight of our guilt the need for him to pardon, the need for him to forgive, the need for him to cleanse us, to to forgive us because of his steadfast love and because of his mercy and because of his making me raised together with Christ, made alive together with Christ and seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. Because of Christ, I come before God with a level of confidence. Like David had here, David somehow had... The confidence before God because he knew by the Spirit of God that God was going to take care of his sin and redeem him in some way that he would have a forever life with God. And we've looked at those prayers in the past. We have that same confidence because we know the rest of the story. We can have even more confidence because Jesus has broken through the other side of death into life. A resurrection that he has given us will give us. This is God's plan for us. This is the story that we're in. And so we come before God remembering the story, reminding ourselves of this story and owning up to our sins as being antithetical to this story and confessing them, asking God to pardon us, to be gracious to us, to forgive us. And we do so confidently because of who we are in Christ and who he is in us. Let me lead us now uh, in a time of prayer as you pray through these these verses in this psalm, O oh Lord, the same God, by the same name, Yahweh, the I Am, creator of all there is, giver of all life, we come before you, the same God that David came before 3,000 years ago. We come before you now with this prayer that was written by your Holy Spirit for us to pray. This prayer designed to get us to come before you and to see you as the giver of life, to see you as the one that we can entrust our whole life to. The, the God that David says, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul, that we too say, to you, O Lord, to you, Yahweh, to you, the I am, I lift up my soul, my whole being, my whole self. I entrust to you my whole life. I don't want to hold anything back. I want to entrust to you everything in my life I care about. I give to you. The me that you have died to save and you indwell by your Holy Spirit. The me that will be forever in your kingdom in a restored body. This me that will be without sin. This me 
that will be radiant with glory. That, that's the one, that's the real me that you came to save. And, and, and that's the me I want to become even now more and more. Oh my God, in you, I trust. You are my God. You are my God. I seek you first. You are my God, the one I trust, my only security, my only significance, my only identity, my only salvation. You alone are my identity. You alone are my rescue, my salvation, my restoration. You alone are my worth and my significance. You alone are my security. You alone give me my sense of belonging that's real. You alone are my future. You alone are the guarantee of my future, the hope of my future. You alone are the security of my present. You alone are my joy. You alone are my glory, my future glory, my shalom, my flourishing, my peace. You alone are my life. Remember your mercy, Lord. The only way I can come before you is because of your mercy and your steadfast love for me in Christ. Your steadfast love that is, as David says here, has been from of old. The same steadfast love that David had confidence in. The same Steadfast love that has been from of old, even in his day, and how much more in my day, is the steadfast love that I trust in now. Your mercy for me now, I trust in. Your Holy Spirit has written this prayer for me to embrace, and I want to embrace your mercy. I want to embrace your steadfast love for me. Remember not the sins of my past. Remember not my transgressions of my present. Remember not my guilt. Remember not my sins, but remember me, the me that you save, the me that is made alive, to, that has been crucified together with Christ, made alive together with Christ, raised together with Christ, seated together with Christ in the heavenly realm. This, this me that in Christ is going to have a resurrection and be glorified in the restoration that comes in the kingdom of God when it returns to earth. That me is the me that you see with mercy and see with steadfast love. That's the me I want you to remember, not the sins of my youth, not my transgressions in my life, but remember, according to your steadfast love, remember me that is in Christ and that Christ is in and together with Christ am seated with you for the sake of your goodness. Apart from you, I have no good. For the sake of your goodness, O Lord, forgive me of my sins. Pardon my guilt for it is great. My sins are great. The weight of my transgressions are great. I have blatantly disobeyed you. I have in my life purposefully rejected your, your, your commandments. I have transgressed your commandments. I have turned my back on your steadfast love. I have taken for granted your mercy. 
I have wanted to be my own and find my own security, find my own shalom, find my own identity, find my own salvation, my own sense of significance, find my own belonging apart from you, my own goodness apart from you, my life apart from you. I have tried to find joy apart from you. It is stupid. I own all the ways that I have done that. I own all the ways that I still believe it and still do it. I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that you would pardon my guilt, for it is great. Turn to me and be gracious and merciful to me. Consider my afflictions. Consider my concerns, my worries, my anxieties. Consider all the things that I have brought into my own life because of my sin because I am my own worst enemy, because of my transgressions from your will, your good will, your steadfast loving will, your merciful will, your will that has nothing but glory for me. I have turned my back on good for me. I have rejected. I own it. I don't hide it. I confess it. I admit it. I don't want it. Forgive all of my sins. In Jesus, who is the one, the only one who has kept your covenant and your testimonies, forgive all of my sins because I know that all of your paths for me, all of your will for me is according to your steadfast love and your faithfulness and your goodness and your mercy. So guard my soul, my life, my whole being and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame. Because of my sins, for I take refuge, I take shelter in you. In Jesus, I take refuge. In Jesus' name, I pray these things, because in Jesus, I take refuge. And I wait for your salvation. I lift up my soul to you, because you are the I am. You have given me this prayer so that I can admit my sin, confess it, turn to you, that you would be gracious to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.